Hi again, everybody. Welcome to Radio MVP Sports Podcast, episode number 162 of the Sports Podcast. Tim and Anthony returning on a more regular basis as this marks three in a row for us. Yeah. So uh, mark your calendars. First time in 2022 that has happened. Uh, so much going on, as always, in the world of sports. And yeah, uh, I don't know where to begin, Anthony, but welcome to the podcast. Yeah, obviously. nice to... Uh, Nice to get some rhythm going, and uh, nice to be able to talk about a variety of things today. It's football and shorts is wrapping up. Uh, yes, sir. Baseball is going, and I believe the NFL drafts, what, this week or next week? This weekend, this week? yeah. Yeah. So, Our big NFL preview will will happen, which is uh, not exa- not available this year. I have not studied it at all. Yeah, I couldn't tell you. I, As a Browns fan, I'm not sure I even care for the next three years. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> you know, if you're not going to have a first-round pick, it's not kind of... Yeah, I mean, obviously, you know, the the Baker Mayfield storyline will probably have something all weekend, exactly how it transpires or with whom, mm-hmm. or if if it does at all, mm-hmm. we'll find out. I mean, I have no, no idea. Obviously, when you look at the teams that would be potentially in the market for a veteran quarterback... There, there's a handful. I mean, you could talk about Seattle, obviously. You could talk about Atlanta, Carolina. You know, those three top of my head. Uh, there's probably somebody I'm not there's even thinking about. a lot of fans that work that want him to be released. Well, again, Pittsburgh would make a lot of sense. And, again, they need – when you're in the situation Pittsburgh's in, where you had a legendary Hall of Fame quarterback retire, mm-hmm. and you didn't have – a plan in place. A plan in place for replacement. You're going to basically do what the Steelers did prior to Roethlisberger and just try to find someone to, to fill that to, to fill that to the highest about. level you could possibly do. Remember a couple times, um, and not this year, but we've said over the course of uh, the duration of this podcast, or 162 episodes, that the Steelers have a problem like the Yankees. They get old fast, and they tend to stay old a couple years longer than they should. And that goes to your point of they didn't have a put-in-place solution. Now, it's very difficult, It's but they should have known, in my opinion, and I think you'd agree too, that two to three years out of Ben retiring, Mason Rudolph was not going to be the answer. Well, yes, but I think what happened was is that they made a calculated decision mm-hmm. in that same time period mm-hmm. that you're talking about is, yes, there were quarterbacks available mm-hmm. to draft, and they were in position to make some of those moves, but they chose to play for the maximum amount yep. f- mm-hmm. why they still had Ben. Yep. Okay. I mean, that is— They a, went for it, yeah. Yeah, and right or wrong, that's what they chose to do. Uh, they made the playoffs most years, so you know they had their opportunities. And you know this past season was a a successful year in a sense. They made the playoffs. They made a run. You know, came up short. Not a surprise. They have some holes in their in their organization and player wise, and it shows up in the playoffs. And just that goes with any team. And most teams are exposed mm-hmm. because as the season progresses, your holes are exposed. Yep. And you you know this is a copycat league. Once it's exposed, everyone's going to hit it until you stop it. You know, it's like the old saying. I talk about high school football all the time, and it's so true. 
if you got a play that's working, you keep doing it. it. You keep, it yeah, exactly. It. Until exactly. your opposition proves they can stop it. Mm-hmm. If it is, you know, a, just a simple dive play to the left where the guy's getting six, seven yards every play, then you just keep doing it until they prove they can make the adjustment mm-hmm. and stop it. Now, some coaches will absolutely take advantage of that and do it and do it and do it until you stop yep. it. Others will go away from it, mm-hmm. and you wonder why. Why exactly? You know, exactly. Again, and in all levels of sports, we see that. So, yeah, we got to talk about the uh, the Guardians. Mm-hmm. Uh, my new nickname for them. I don't know if you've seen that. No, I have not. I've been trying to figure this out. Obviously, when you think about the history of the, the baseball in Cleveland, the Indians dominate. Yeah. And the secondary name was always the tribe. Yes. And how often did we all call them the tribe? Yeah. Yes. Yeah, say, hey, I'm going to see the tribe tonight. Or yeah. I want to listen to exactly. the tribe game. Exactly. Or, yeah. yeah. It was you just the nickname, yeah. the nickname mm-hmm. everybody went with. Everyone loved. There were other nicknames yeah. they used other than the Indians. And and many have, but that was the most used and commonly referred yeah, to. And yeah, the organization used it as a secondary yep. name. So, nine thirty, I think, is uh, nine thirty-five or something. Like a lot the first better pitch. than yeah. ten forty starts. Hey, uh, I guess they like that six o'clock start out there too. Yeah, six thirty, I guess, out there, not seven for six thirty. Yeah, I, the half hour really. Matters. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I'm not a big fan of the 6 o'clock uh, start time. Not either. Well, it's just difficult, especially someone like you who goes routinely, yeah. you know, in April and May and early June. That extra hour of traveling is difficult I for underst- someone this far away. I understand the I understand idea. their thought of it. Yeah, I do too. But after a couple of years, it's not working. Well, yeah. I mean, you it would know more not. because you're there at the game. It, it's uh, not working. You see a, a no. significant crowd increase at six versus no. seven. No, you see a significant decrease. Oh, well. You see a decrease, and I understand. You know, you want the kids to come, and you know, get well, them I don't out even earlier, think it's but, that. I think well, it, that's what they used a couple no, of years ago. Yeah, they, yeah. But when they first started it, the thought process was was for those who were already and, downtown, and the, downtown, to stay to the ballpark, right? But because they get off at five, thing, game though. starts at six. Most people would rather go home and clean up before they go to the ball game. Yeah, I guess it depends on your yeah on you know, your activities. Um, yeah, I could also understand the weather standpoint. You know, in a- in March, April, and May, and even June. Once it gets ten thirty, eleven o'clock on the lakeshore, it, it's pretty damn cold up there. It you certainly know? is. So, so an hour or so, you know, does that make a difference? But I've seen a significant. Not a significant decrease, but there is definitely less people in attendance for six ten games. And it obviously makes it very difficult for myself, someone who goes up. Um, you know, I have eight six ten games this year. Yeah. I, think of my uh, I got I got two next week. Yeah, and, and when you get a chance, you know, those are the th- I mean it matters. Let's let's be honest. And uh we'll just see. Well, anyways, we do have a jam packed podcast for you again as we go back to doing the things that we love doing and one of them is having a guest on and right now we're going to bring in one of our favorite guests and john vargo as promised it's now time to bring in john vargo from youngstown state university a longtime friend of the podcast and he is now working 
as coordinator of sales and promotion for Youngstown State Athletics. And John, congratulations on the post and, and first and foremost, but and it's good to hear you uh, once again, my friend. Thank you. Uh, thank you. And it's been, a, uh, as they would say, a long, strange journey, but uh, it has been quite, uh, quite interesting this last month or so. I, I feel blessed every day I come in the hallways and I'm representing the Y. Yeah, it's a, uh, I mean, when you think about it, uh, maybe, I don't know if you ever thought you would actually be working for the university in this capacity after all those years of covering the basketball program. Well, uh, when I started in September of 1998 and uh, started covering the late Dan Peters, his first, his last year here at YSU, I never thought as a 24-year-old that I end up working at this university at age 49. So I'm, I, I've always had a passion for YSU sports, but now I'm, I'm. I'm really, it, it really, I get paid for it every day. Yeah, that's not a bad thing. <laughs> no, it, it really isn't. It really isn't. So when you love what you do every day, it doesn't matter how late you stay exactly. because you you have it in any passion of what you're doing, and every day is a new day and a great day. So when you get into it, I mean, there's a lot that we can talk about, but what was the biggest surprise that of this job that you have that you're like, oh, man, this is too much fun. I am enjoying doing this that I never thought I would be doing. Uh, right now, there's a lot of things. I'm actually, uh, uh, as you've seen, I put up some social media. I've, I do the promotions for the YSU Athletics because once they found out I did social media because I did the Trib Sports Today, uh, Twitter, and think we did facebook i can't remember it's been a couple years since i've done it so and i've done a lot of social media probably in the last 10 15 years so that was a natural fit for me to do promotions here so for me that's that's pretty much fun for me and and the actually one of the best parts is walking outside the door and i'm going downstairs and i'm seeing people i know and people i work with and just going around campus so and going out to different places there really isn't one particular thing that i'm saying that wow this is really something that just blows me away and just you know but it it all encompassed me that you know hey i'm lucky enough to be here and even if i'm on a saturday on a sunday you know it's it's something that you know i enjoy being here and i'm actually looking at the big y in my office right now and i was like it's just really cool to be here. So, John, you mentioned um, that you started covering the basketball programs at age 24. Um, and I know for me, uh, I grew up around Youngstown State. That's where I grew up, Stan Bob Eagley, um, going to the baseball games, the softball games, when they played at McCune Park. I've always had a passion for Youngstown State athletics, and I think that increased after I – intern there for a summer or two have you felt the same you've had an increased passion or increased love for the university after you started working there if that's a good way to put it yeah that that is a good way to put it because i'm uh i'm really passionate about you know what i do every day and make sure it's good mm -hmm. it's presentable 
it's something that you know I have um, something that uh, it, it goes back to where I'm I was with uh, journalism. You know, it's like you just you you wanted to put it out right mm -hmm. and correctly and and something that's you know something that's palatable for the rest of uh, the consumer. So. And actually, I, I wanted to go back real quick. Mm -hmm. You were asking asking me about you know what what I really enjoy about this job. Well, the one thing I do really that really stood out to me is I was able to make that ninety seven dollar commercial with yes. my son. And I it, and here here's how it all started. So about three Fridays ago, six o'clock in the morning, I just like woke up and I was like, holy cow you know it's like i had this thing and it's like boom i'm writing it down within five minutes i email it to myself and i go over with a couple co-workers and they said wow yeah you got to do this so it's like call my son up there we make it together call up cole peterson he he puts the guys together puts my vision together my son just directed the whole thing took my vision and made it happen so that was and um, for me yeah and yeah for me that that was very special so yeah and if you haven't seen you know tim i'm sure you've seen it uh the job his son does of you know the basketball videos and every other video it's i mean really advancing now um and promoting these student athletes because like john and i have talked about off the air numerous times there's a lot of momentum positive momentum around every athletic program and it's nice to have it documented and it's nice john i think you could agree that you know we're becoming more modern um i know people always say ah, oh, they're stuck in the past or championships and all that but you know now the younger people are getting involved in the university and now you know it's not just the um the students are getting involved and the younger kids are getting involved in seeing what YSU athletics is all about. And um, that's got to be a thrill for you also being adapted. Yeah. To. And, and the biggest part is um, when I was at the business journal, mm -hmm. I went with a coworker and we went over to get some coffee right over at the Mocha house, which is cat corner from where I, where I worked. And we go in there Friday morning and there's Jared Calhoun mm -hmm. and there's the rest of the men's basketball team. And my coworker has, you know, never pretty much interacted with any of them, mm -hmm. you know, except for maybe seeing them. He, we get back to the office, and he's telling me, he says, "Holy cow, you know, it's like why don't more people know about these guys? Exactly. You know, it's like they were just like so. You usually get a group of people. You get high school kids, or mm -hmm. sometimes young college kids, and." You can get a couple of them that could be kind of rowdy mm -hmm. and things like that. No, no. It's like, hey, go in front of me. The kids are just like, you know, hey, I, you know, very, very amicable about what is going on and, you know, where they are. And they are very cognizant of other people and their image and what they need to be. And that's. That's something that you can go back to Jared and his mm -hmm. staff and they, what they've ingrained into them. So, and I think more people not not it's just not them. It's what Doug Phillips yep. is doing. It's what John Barnes doing. Brian Gorby. Mm -hmm. You know, it's you can go down the you can go down the list, and these more than 500 student athletes are very well represented 
here of the people in the Mahoney Valley. And I think there's a name that you brought up that maybe most of the Valley mm-hmm. knows about, but never really has not really seen the success mm-hmm. level that Brian has had with his programs over the last 20 years. I mean, it's phenomenal. I mean, and, and for me personally, knowing Brian uh, from our, my childhood all the way to, you know, uh, graduating from high school and, and on so on, on forth. Uh, it's just wonderful to see the success that he has had and the humble that he brings to it. And I think what is really interesting, what you're doing is you're going to have the opportunity now to promote some of his athletes that doesn't necessarily get the publicity that a football or a basketball mm-hmm. uh, player has gotten in the last 25 years. Do you know if you go over to the Watts and see those two cases over there? Mm-hmm. They're too deep. Yes. They are too deep. And it, it's like if they win a, an outdoor title this year, I really don't know where they're going to put it. So <laughs> it's like unless they get rid of some of the mid-con, you know, the stray mid-con in the back because the amount of Horizon League trophies that team has won in the last decade is just unfathomable. It's, you know, it's like. Their run, John, in the Horizon League, um, the sheer dominance reminds me of what the UConn women have done in women's basketball, so to speak. Would you characterize uh, that? Not on the national championship level because we're a small mid-major, but the sheer dominance in conference, what Coach Gorby's done there is incredible. Yeah, and it, it, it has. Because I don't know if people realize you know, how much talent he mm-hmm. has just from Northeast Ohio mm-hmm. and Western Pennsylvania alone. It's, it, it, I don't know if you want to say it's reminiscent of what Jim Trussell had, mm-hmm. the hundred, you know, the, That's the, even better, yeah. of, you know mm-hmm. the spear of Youngstown, mm-hmm. but there is so much talent around here and just in the Mahoney Valley of track and field and somebody who covered track and field for 20 mm-hmm. plus years for, at the high school level and I used to tell my bosses, and it's like, why do you need to go down to state? Well, here's here's a list of 100-plus kids that are going to be down there. And granted, the last couple of years, they haven't had the amount of success they've had in years past, like in the 2000s. Mm-hmm. But you have kids going to state. Yeah, you have you a lot of – yeah. And track and field is one of the ones that, you know, gets overlooked. And I, I just was blessed enough to be with, you know, a lot of those people here. And I actually have the trophy I received back in 18 from uh, uh, Ted Roop and, and company from um, when I was up at Lakeview for the Trumbull County meet as a Lifetime Achievement Award. And I'll tell you what, I have six AP awards, but that one. The one they gave me that day on May third, two thousand eighteen, really stands out to me. It is in my office right now. So I, I can understand why. There's some pride there, and you should have it because, mm-hmm. uh, like I said, that's one thing you've done uh, throughout your career. In my opinion, is always put the story first mm-hmm. and always promote the the player and the programs that you're covering. Let's talk about covering YSU as a marketing, mm-hmm. uh, what you're bringing to it. Uh, you mentioned earlier $97 uh, football special going on. Talk about that and, mm-hmm. and just talk about some of the things that you may have uh, going forward here. Well, we have a couple of things going forward. We have that uh, that ends today. Uh, that end, it ended today for the $97. But 
we will have uh, tickets will go up to $110. Uh, leading up to four, you have six games. Five hour or six games start no later than 2 p.m. So you have four games starting at 2. You have our last game against Southern Illinois starting at uh, noon. And then our November 8th game, which will celebrate the 25th anniversary of our 1997 national championship, uh, will be at 6 p.m. against North Dakota on October 8th. That's awesome. I love the idea of going back to the day games. Yeah. And uh, – actually having a starting time that's kind of consistent. I know over the last few years they've been trying different things. Uh, you know, they had 6 o'clock starts. They had, you know, 4 o'clock starts. They had, you know, 7 o'clock starts. They, they just, you never knew each week what would be. And uh, I love the idea of going back to Saturday afternoon football. I mean, everyone knows it's going to be down at Stamboa and uh, where to be. And there, there are a couple promotions. We are there are many promotions you can see throughout the year, but some of them I have I have a hand in is uh, one, one being uh, with our uh, local libraries is from the reading program. We're going to celebrate the winners there and show your library card night. Uh, we day, excuse me. We can uh, show your library card here at the ticket office. Receive up to four tickets for ten dollars each. And as you guys know, tickets are usually $20 pre-sale and 22 at the gate. So that saves you about 50%, at least 50% off. Oh, that's fantastic. Uh, normal gate, yeah. gate there. So, and then one promotion that I have here for the last game, because, you know, November 19th comes around. You don't know what the weather's going to bring. Sometimes that's not the most attended game. So I said, hey, the World Cup starts a couple days after our last home game there. I said, how about we have soccer day here? So those people who show up in a soccer jersey, either at our ticket office or at the gate, get in for $10. Oh, my goodness. Now you give me a reason to go buy my Liverpool shirt. <laughs> See, there you go. Up the Reds. Uh, a whole new reason yeah. to get one. Uh, and I don't yeah. uh, buy too much anymore of uh, – of that just because of the years gone by. Uh, we're talking with John Vargo, coordinator of sales and promotion for Youngstown State Athletics. And, John, right, let's just get right into it. Um, I, we were talking a little before time. You were talking about uh, group sales. How can someone contact you about that? And what are some of the things that, uh, that they need to know? If you have a group here of 15 or more, we can get you in for a deal here. You need to call me at 330 330- Nine four one two three nine two. That's three three zero nine four one two three nine two. Or use my email address, which is j w v a r g o at ysu dot edu. That's j w v a r g o at ysu dot edu. With the football season just uh, a few months away and spring practice just wrapping up this past weekend, what's the momentum like? Have you seen a lot of uh, people getting excited about the upcoming season as uh, we get to year three? of? Uh... I think people are excited because you have, you have people coming back here. You have Demetri Crenshaw back. You have Mitch Davidson, who is a very amicable uh, um, um back up here you got uh jaleel mclaughlin coming back as a, a team's leading rusher 
you have you have a lot of you have a bigger offensive line. Other than that, you know, you have a you have a great defense too. So there's a lot of things to be hopeful for. Now, to be honest with you guys, I didn't see much of the game because I was in the stands trying to push season tickets most of the most of the game through the first and second halves of the scrimmage. So I didn't get to see much of much of that except for maybe a play or two here and there. So it's like because I was I that was for me, and I know I'm getting off topic for you guys here, but uh, for me that was that was the best part. You know, it's like I love visiting with people, and that's why I've loved over, over my career. So now. Now I get to do that, you know, so often through this through this position. Well, that's what it is. It's about you know taking care of people. It's just, it's about making relationships, you know. And we hear that that so often. But that type of uh, commitment and that type of uh, uh, of someone having a, uh, a belief that it's you know what what you're hearing from and what you're seeing and what you're doing. That all intertwines. I mean, you want to have belief in people, and that, I think that's what you're you're creating, John. And I think that's all part of, you know, what YSU is doing now with some of the people that they have in these positions. And and that's the key. I mean, obviously, the more people you talk to, the more chances you'll, you know, the old saying go is the next no leads to the next yes. And it's part of sales. I remember years ago learning that, and I was never good at sales. However, you know, you would hear that so often. Don't get uh, discouraged with the no because you're just getting closer to the next yes. Yeah, and it's like it, it. I think people are scared of sales of the fact of like, oh my gosh, it 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 frightens people. It frightens most of the people that get on the phone and mm-hmm. say, oh my gosh, you know, what's the worst thing they're going to tell you? No, mm-hmm. okay, they're going to tell you no and be done, and that's okay, and. You just move on from it. You know, it's no big deal. It's it's nothing that people are just going to come through the phone and physically harm you or something. You right. Know, I think I think that's what, I think that's what some people are afraid of. You know, and for me, for my journalism career, I think nothing prepared me more than you know. It's like I, cold calls. I kind of laughed in my interview when they said, you know, you're going to have to make all these cold. I was like, okay. You know, I've I've done it over my career. You know, it's like I've dealt with coaches that have lost, you know, like a 16-point lead at halftime, mm-hmm. and, you know, you got to go there. So making a call to somebody is not, you know, too earth-shattering for me. So it's like, frankly, I, I kind of look at it as a little bit of a game if you want to be, be honest with it. You know, it's like, hey, you know, who can I talk to today? How can I make a good relationship? You know, how can I get out there and get the word out about Youngstown State? Because, I mean, honestly, you have these deals out here that I can get people in a group of 15 or more for a football game for $10 each. Yeah, that's you know, that's, that's a really good deal. And I, I just, I think it's that's awesome because where else are you going to get your entertainment value around this valley? Are you going to go to the movie? Are you going to go out to dinner? I bet you both of them are probably going to cost you more than what you're going to spend a couple hours here at a football game if you get this group deal. Well, that's the thing. And then you're growing with people that you want to be around. 
and it's just going to enhance the the experience in my opinion you know that's mm-hmm. that's the key to you know uh if you can i mean for a group of 15 people to get together and and to uh represent their company or their church or their organization and say hey this you know we're here at the YSU supporting the penguins i mean that to me you know like you say you can't beat that and it's a good it, like let's be honest you're talking Division One football here. We're not talking, you know, NIA school. You know, we're not talking a Division Three school. Nothing against them, but we're talking about a no. Division One school who just today announced that they'll be uh, headed to Columbus again. So, uh, congratulations to the to the entire athletic department there. That's a huge deal. Yeah, and because that means a good payday for the athletic department too, because I, I mean, I'm not sure of the, the specs on that, but you know, you guys know as well as I do that playing, you know, your power fives, especially as football, men's basketball or women's basketball usually means it comes back to your athletic department as well. So that is such beneficial, not only name recognition of somebody you're playing, but, you know, putting it to your own athletic department and getting that getting that payday as well. What is the uh, the game that? Let me ask you this way: uh, What when you look at playing in the the Missouri Valley Football Conference? That's a difficult sale to a certain level because there's no regional team close by. Uh, it, but the history of the of the conference is there, and YSU has been a long member of this conference now. Uh, do you ever hear anything about that saying, oh, man, I wish it was closer or this or that? Or, or when oh. is North Carol- or North, <laughs> North Dakota State coming in or anything like that? Or when, you know, or when are we getting in the MAC, you know? Yeah. Or when are we, you know, it's like, okay. So I'm not worried about that portion of it. What my, con- my concern is, you know, how can we draw to those families who have children who are 30 years old, 40 years old, mm-hmm. 50 years old, you know, 20 years old, you know, how can we get them with the kids to get into the stadium? That inherently is, that's a task I take upon myself, you know, and I know everybody else does it here as well. You know, how can we get those people here? Because yes, we have our Penguin Club members. Yes, we have our student, our ardent supporters here, but we have to reach out to those fans to, you know, get Get that little draw, get that sizzle out there, you know. How can we best do that? You know, and it's something I learn every day, you know, and I'm I'm learning every day because and we go back to our student athletes there, you know, name recognition. Who does the boat who does the best job of promoting themselves? I can tell you this, it's a women's basketball team on campus. Nobody promotes themselves better you know, in-house than the women's basketball team. And they are freaking marketing geniuses over there. So, I mean, the what, you know, the amount of social media footprint they have going on, I mean, it's it's outstanding. So. It really is. You're right. And I was just going to ask you about the social media aspects of uh... – of just promoting of the the teams and the players. It seems to be more and more. And obviously, you know, I'm like you, John. I'm not, you know, I I might be on Twitter. I might be on Facebook, but I'm not doing anything fantastic with it. But these younger people, they know how to make the videos and to prevent them, present themselves and, and really promote 
their their own quote unquote brand of who they are in the program that they're representing. Um, how's that all coming involved in the promotion? I mean, I imagine TikTok, which I've never been on in my life yet, but is a huge part of of uh, promoting. And, of course, you know, Twitter and Facebook and uh, whatever other social media outlet there is. Oh, eventually, eventually it will be TikTok for me. I'll have to get on there and just, you know, like you, I, I'm not on there. My wife, my kids are on there, you know, all the time. And, you know, but for me, uh, to, if we want to take the next step in promoting social media and getting out here with TikTok has to be, you know, that that next step. Now, I want I just don't want to just throw it out there because, you know, and just hope it sticks to the wall. I want to do this the right way. I want to make sure I'm prepared. But um, I did for if you saw this on tw- on social media, I'm the one who did the video for uh, the Dre Russian one where he right. was holding up the signs for the spring game. So that was just off my phone, set it up uh, down there in the uh, offices of uh, the football team and get that get that thing going there so i mean and dre dre is going to be one of the guys you're going to see on saturday afternoons for ysu i mean yeah he is really look like he's hit the weight room so you know what you yeah. and i both got to see him at the high school level and knowing that he stayed home to come to play for the penguins uh, it was just, you know, for the last couple of years, just waiting for that opportunity for him to show his talents and, as you mentioned, grow into a new body and, and become even a, you know, a better athlete. So uh, that's, to me, you know, getting his name out and getting the other players that you mentioned and talking about the basketball program, the same thing with, you know, Coach Calhoun and, and Coach Barnes and everything that they bring in and what the, the young ladies have done, you know, promoting themselves. This is where... The future is. I mean, I know, you know, as an ancient guy, I used to be on the radio talking, you know, sports and stuff and and uh, covering games and on that level. And that is really, you know, someone says, oh, you were once on the radio. I says, yeah, now I stream, you know, and yeah, it's more about the video and it's more about the presentation and, and it's a different atmosphere. But that's how, you know. Quite honestly, the last 20 years have changed, as you know, being in the print business, how much that changed over time. And I can't imagine. Uh, well, I think it's, it's exciting what you're able to do. And as you just mentioned with your own phone, you know, with Dre Rustin, just making a, a, a statement and getting people out there to find out more about him and and, and the program. Oh, absolutely. And I'm not going to lie to you. You know, the reason I picked Jerry Rush, I'm good friends with Joey Simon, you know, right. so it's like, uh, yeah, it's anything to promote, you know, Liberty football too. You know, it's like, I mean, Joey, it, it, I'll tell you what, if you're going to see a team and I know I'm getting a little bit off topic mm-hmm. here, uh, but uh, Joey's team is going to be a, a threat in yes. that great division of the MVFC yep. this year. I agree. And- they get, they are going to have everybody back, and I'm going to say they it, it might be between them and Garfield this year. It should be a lot of fun. You know, it's interesting as I have a – not to do, get into the football season at the high school level, but, yeah, uh, you know, I've been very fortunate. I've, I've gotten to cover both Ohio and Pennsylvania over the last, you know, 15 years, and it's just – it's amazing the amount of talent that's out there. And, and I've seen Liberty a couple times last year, and you can see the 
the imprint that uh, Joey Simon's doing there, and uh, it's just a matter of time uh, when uh, you know we're going to be talking with Liberty a lot. The Leopards are going to be uh, on all, any football fans' uh, top of their tongue in the, in the next couple of years, I think, any years to come, because you can see the passion and what he has, not just for that program, but to coach and uh, to promote, and he knows all about all that. So that's he's in a unique position. Uh, and it's and it'll be exciting to watch to see how this program uh, for his his uh, vision of it uh, goes from here. Absolutely. And speaking of promotions, I mean, there's going to be promotions not only for football but for men's and women's basketball as well. We get some stuff in store. We're more than happy to uh, get that out there and hopefully attract some new fans down here, either at Stanbaugh Stadium or Bigley Center. Right. You know, that, that's the key. Let's be honest. Uh, I, everyone knows how critical I've been over the years about the YSU basketball program, but my criticalness is because I care so much. It's not mm-hmm. because I want to be negative, and it's it's just the opposite. I just you know I've I'm like many who watch this program be successful at Division Two, move up to Division One, and then just hit this brick wall and not been you know get a couple blimps on the radar as I like to say and then it's back down to mediocrity or, or problems and then the last 15 years we've seen a slow climb out of that and now we've got coach Calhoun uh, trying to take it to the next level and I think we're seeing you know how different life is now with the transfer protocol um, holy smokes I mean he got some size coming in next year it's going to be a lot of fun to see what that program looks like well, I think not only him, but Coach Barnes as well. And now I'm going to put my reporter hat, I guess, back on. So <laughs> it's like, and then, uh, I, I, it, to be honest with you, I mean, what they have done on both sides is how they have maneuvered the portal. I mean, if most people in the Horizon League are watching, that is, they are the gold standard mm-hmm. as far as maneuvering the portal. Because, yes, you are going to lose people. I, I think the, the old thinking is, and I, I still see it out there. Oh my gosh, why did she lost? Blah blah blah. Mm-hmm. They lost, you know, mm-hmm. here and there. You know, oh the the end is near. You know, it, it really isn't. You know, it's it's how you maneuver through the portal. And for a mid-major team, that's something you have to deal with. And even a high major, because if you look at like West Virginia, mm-hmm. they lost. You know, somebody. Ohio State mm-hmm. loses people. All these teams are losing people, and that's the way. Uh, the portal is going to be as long as it continues the cycle like this. And as far as the NIL, and that's a whole nother podcast unto itself. So it's John, like, that might be 10 uh, podcasts. Yeah, it might be. Cause I've only at the business journal, I got about three, two, three stories out of the NIL and I wasn't even scratching the no. surface with that thing. So it's like, and uh, that's, that's a whole nother it's, animal. There, it's but. a life changer in sports. Let's be honest. It's going to change college athletics uh, completely. And, yeah. And, you know, yeah. it may trickle down. Uh, they talked about it, bringing it to the high school mm-hmm. level. So it's going to be there sooner or later. And yeah, it's, it's, it's a different world. There's you no know, question about it. You know, John, you mentioned yeah, the but- uh, transfer portal. And I was of the mindset up until the last year or so, of oh wow you you know it was always looked at as a negative kind of you know oh you lost so and so and oh this person this portal this person that portal but 
I think, and I've always been in the mindset, you can't build a program that way, but I have found you absolutely can, and it's more so become you can build your program through the transfer portal and supplement through recruiting, and I think you made a very good point of that's what both Coach Calhoun and Coach Barnes are doing. Um, maybe more so Coach Barnes, we've had to rely on that a little more. But the job that he's done, you mentioned, is nobody else in the conference is doing it like him. No, no. And to have – and, guys, we're getting a 6 five player from – the University of Tennessee, I don't really care. You know, exactly. you know, you're getting a player who came from Tennessee, Tennessee exactly. one of the best women's programs in the country exactly. who went through exactly. that program. So, I, I mean, we have talent on both sides of the ball here, so both the men's and women's side. This, I mean, could, be, we, this could be a very this special, could be a special year. year. Yeah, exactly. And, and I think – you know, I go on the message board uh, frequent just to read, and you can tell people are think, you know, they love their football here, but they're also looking for October, November, the start of basketball season because it could be really special around here. Yeah, yeah. That's and, the untapped uh, market, I, and then exactly. you're gonna you're going to you know be in the middle of that, John, and I think that's going to be interesting on your part because, as you know, the basketball program, in my opinion, is always been on the verge of, of it, retaining fans but never been able to do it um, yeah. on a consistent basis. Uh, you've seen that place packed. There's, there's no better venue in northeast Ohio and western Pennsylvania than Bigley when it's packed. It is is just loud. It is, it's, it's just college basketball at its best. And like I said, it's an untapped market, and I cannot wait to where there are routinely 4,000 more people at a basketball game because it can happen, and it should happen. And I believe both programs are headed towards that potential. I'm not saying it's going to happen in 2022-23 season, but I won't be shocked if it does just because of, uh, you know, success brings people in. Uh, We've seen it many times when there's been – when this program has had some of those blips on Mm -hmm. the – on the radar, as I like to call it, uh, people come out to see them. Yeah, yeah, and and we want you to come out to see us. So it's like because this, these are two special teams because if the men's basketball team has not had a three-year stretch like this since the mid-'80s, and you guys remember how great the mid-'80s were. I, exactly. I can't, pers- I can't personally say it because I wasn't around here then, but uh, they – they had such a great stretch, and I think one of the years, I think, it, correct me if I'm wrong, 84-85, they were that with a whiskers away in the OVC of getting out to go to the NCAA tournament. Yeah, the Mike Rice era was uh, very successful. I mean, uh, take, you know, just looking back at history, I mean, he had a winning record. He had his team's. Uh, qual- on a verge of qualifying for a NCA berth that was only 48 teams. Um, you know, two heartbreaking losses in championship games. It, 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 those things happen in life, unfortunately. As a, a fan here in Northeast Ohio, we have way too many of those on the heartbreaking side and not too much of the glory. But that's a different story onto itself. Um, but, again, I'm going to come back to the same thing. I think you're in a great position um, because – 
the social media aspects, the understanding of, of writing, uh, your journal and back background, and uh, in getting into this, you know, promotion and sales of uh, the YSU athletics. It, like you said, I can understand why you're excited because there's there's a lot to talk about. I mean, there's more programs than just the the women's basketball and the men's basketball and the football program, and you know it's going to be exciting. I mean, the baseball uh, season is in the midst of their season right now too, playing at Eastwood, right? And softball, and we have a men's tennis team who won a Horizon mm-hmm. League title here. So it's like there are there are very successful programs here on campus. So it's like. And for us to be able to have here, we have a lacrosse program who's one of the top teams in the Mid-American Conference. Guys, we we have great success in our 21 Division I NCAA programs here on the Youngstown State campus. So, and there's a lot to be proud of here. And I'm proud every day to wear a Y. You know, John, you were touching on that. And that's why I think – is so big, and Tim touched on it, and you touched on it. We know the football history. Most people know the success of the women's basketball program. You touched on, and Tim's touched on, the success of the last three or four years. The men's basketball program is on its way up. Uh, but you touched on something else that made me drive. You know, I'm also a Notre Dame fan, and their whole big thing is you can be great off the field, in the community, academically, you can also be great on the field of competition. And you look at this past year when they released their uh, athletic department GPA, was it like a 3.4, 3.3? And they're winning all these championships and having all this success in the field. Uh, that right there, and you touched on the, um, you know, the players in the men's team and the players, you know, they're always willing to help on the community. They're always willing, you know, they're, extremely polite, and that's a credit to President Trestle, to Ron Shrullo, yourself, to everybody who works behind the scenes and the coaches. That's when you can be very proud, like you said, to wear the Y. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely, guys. John, let me give you one last opportunity just to kind of explain what you do and some of the promotions you got going on and, and some of the things we can look forward to here before we, uh, we say goodnight, and I appreciate your time. Well, guys, uh, right now we have uh, promotions going on. Uh, we'll have uh, Show Your uh, Library Card Night. Uh, that will be on September 3rd. Uh, that will be our Duquesne game. That will be our opener against Duquesne, and that will be a 2 o'clock start. So if you come to the, the box office here, our ticket office, show your library card, you can get up to four tickets for $10 each. That's incredible. Uh, for for those who are in the li- in the library program this mm-hmm. summer, uh, there's a deal for them and their families to also get in. So you have to go through a library, and they already have that information. Uh, those who are in Pete and Penny's uh, Penguin uh, Summer Camp this year, uh, they have a chance to uh, be here at the game on October 15th, and that's a 2 o'clock game. That's our homecoming game. And also on November 19th, I told you guys before, Soccer Day. So celebrating our uh, USA, Team USA, getting into the World Cup, which will start days later after the November 19th game here against Southern Illinois. So those wearing a soccer jersey 
either here at the ticket office or at the gate, get in for $10 each. Well, I'll have to go and get my uh, Dioga Jota uh, shirt here very soon or a most lost shirt uh, representing my Reds. John, uh, <laughs> we have a deal. If you go back and listen to our previous podcast, I made a deal with Tim that if we get to seven games, seven wins is my benchmark. The way I've calculated it out, and if we get seven wins, we should be hosting a first-round home playoff game November 26th. And I'm going to need you to make sure Section 5, Row 17, Seat 11 is open because Tim's going to be there, and we're going to be cheering our Penguins on, hopefully, in the first round of the playoffs. Well, hopefully, guys, and uh, I hope to see you guys both out here. So, in for all you listening who have a group, 15 or more, who want to get out here to Stan Boss Stadium for one of our six games, uh, give me a call, 330-941-2392. Give me a call between 8.30 and 5 o'clock. I will take care of your group here, and we will uh, see you here at Stan Boss Stadium. Give me a call later when the basketball season comes out. Uh, basketball, men's and women's. Same number, 330-941-2392. I will take care of your group of 15 or more. Hopefully we can get you out of the Bigley Center as well. All right, real quick, uh, the YSU uh, Twitter handle for those who can follow it on uh, Twitter. For uh, Twitter, for our athletic department, it is at YSU Sports. And do they need to follow you too, John, or is that just uh, YSU Sports? Uh, at at, uh, and if you want to follow me on Twitter, it's at JVargoYSU. All right. Simple as that. Hey, John, thanks again for coming on. It's been great talking to you. Uh, we're going to talk to you throughout the uh, the season, too. There's no question about it. As the uh, the football season approaches, uh, we'll be in contact before the season, and we'll be in contact during the season. And uh, like I said before, it's just anytime we get to talk sports with you, it is a uh, it's a pleasure here on the podcast. Same here, guys. It's been my pleasure as well. So thank you very much for your opportunity. Thanks, John. That is John Vargo from Youngstown State. He is the coordinator of sales and promotion. And we'll be, uh, Anthony and I, we'll be right back. I want to thank John Vargo for coming on the podcast here tonight. And uh, it was great to hear uh, John talk about YSU and everything going on in the athletic program and uh, how to get a hold of him. And we'll put all that in our in our notes for if you're interested in forming a group or are part of a group that want to uh, attend a future YSU event, John Vargo's your man. Simple as that. Yeah, it was great having John on. And, you know, we've talked about many times on the air, off the air. Um, you really need people who understand the area, understand the university, and have a passion for the university. Um and John is the perfect guy to market uh, with the decades of experience he has covering multiple athletic departments. And what I like is he's not just one sport based. You know, no. he talked about right. him covering the basketball programs. He has experience in soccer. He has experience with track and field and cross country. And uh, that's what we really need because like he mentioned and you mentioned – I'm not sure people know enough about Brian Gorby, what he's done. Uh, 
and the dynasty he has there. Yeah, you know, no, I don't think it's it's recognized. It, it's uh, not, and I think John's the perfect guy to, you know, sell the programs, um, get sponsorships, and get groups in there, increase fan attendance. Um, I really like what he's doing with the marketing as a whole in general. I was uh, talking to someone today about the uh, the soccer day on November, I believe, 19th. Mm-hmm. Yeah, November um, 19th. Uh, the last home game. So, uh, yeah, great reason to uh, take advantage of the discounts and and uh, show some pride in your in your uh, your backings and your support. You know, yeah, that, I don't care uh, if it's the crew or the L.A. Galaxy or Liverpool or whoever it may be. Maybe it's a local mm-hmm. uh, high school soccer team. And you show your uh, your jersey, you get to come in. You know, for ten bucks, can't beat that. No, it's big, and you know. We have plenty of successful Valley soccer teams around here. Um, soccer as a whole is growing in the area. Um, as you mentioned numerous times, Westside Bowl, and they're broadcasting Liverpool games. It's just soccer is growing rapidly, um, not, not just the local teams, but yeah. internationally. And, um I mean, John's doing a great job with that, and hopefully uh, November 19th we have a great crowd uh, in what hopes to be a meaningful game. We have not played a meaningful November game in quite some time. Um, Yeah, I mean, that's the old saying is, you know, games in October and November mean the most. Yeah, if you win, they're going to come. Yeah, if you win in November, good things happen. Yeah. We'll we'll just take it one week at a time with this program right now, and and hope for the best. And let's see what uh, Coach Phillips has in store for us in his uh, in his program. So Something that. we uh, did not touch on uh, while we touched on the spring game, and you can't tell much from the spring game um, except for they ran motion and they ran a reverse and they ran a wide receiver pass. So well, he's opened up the playbook now, boy. Uh, Watch let's, out. let's hope those are the only three plays <laughs> he had in his notebook. <laughs> Um, um, you know, yeah. something we didn't talk about is um, they scheduled a pretty big game for next Yeah, next they got Ohio State coming in in 2023. Yeah. Actually, they're headed to Columbus. Let me rephrase mm-hmm. that. But, uh, yes, it's great to it's get the Buckeyes terrific. back on the schedule. I know a few years ago they were on the schedule and had mm-hmm. to be bumped yep. uh, for certain scenarios. But bottom line is anytime you can – Take on the big boys. I don't care if it's Kentucky or if it's West Virginia, West Virginia, of course, Ohio State, mm-hmm. Cincinnati. You name the the Division One school that's a top five school. That might be the next game. It very well could be. Cincinnati yeah, makes yeah, I can sense, see that yeah. happen. I mean, years ago they played. I mean, mm-hmm. I'm talking 40 years yeah. ago. Matter of fact, they came here, and it was one of Trestle's first big wins. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know it's one of those things that in the, again this was many many years ago and you just don't you know you're not going to have that you may get uh, an Akron or a Kent State uh, willing to come here mm-hmm. on after you've been there two yeah. times you know in a three three game yeah. series mm-hmm. I could see that happening but you're not going to get too many Division one schools willing to in, in 2022 and 23 and mm-hmm. and and in the future to uh, come to Stanball. It's just too small and not enough revenue. Uh, years ago, you know, a small Division One like Cincinnati was yeah. back then, mm-hmm. uh, like at Kent State or at Akron, yeah. Akron and others were. 
yeah, it could happen. Uh, with good backing, with a great sponsor, I think you can get a max school here or, you know, in that type of scenario. Uh, obviously, you can get a big school come to Youngstown State in basketball if you, you know, raise the level of play to a point where they're interested in the yeah. two-in-one series. Exactly. You go their place twice mm-hmm. and they'll come back. Well, uh, it doesn't mean it's always going to happen, but you, a, you may get the right scenario mm-hmm. where you can get a exactly a Big Ten school exactly where you go visit twice and then they'll come here and play at Bigley for uh, for a game or a Big East school or whoever it may be. Um, but that's basically what you're doing. You're trading two for one, but you're going to get paid in those two games exactly. that you're away, and then hopefully you'll have a good gate at home. And uh, have a very competitive uh, program. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's a lot of ways to raise revenue yeah. in in college sports, and you know, with not just the way college sports is, is landscape is changing, but getting sponsorships um, from not just local businesses but national, national. businesses mm-hmm. will be a very big part of. Uh, going forward, whoever that may be. Now, I'm not saying, you know, DraftKings or mm-hmm. Vandal or anything like that's going to sponsor a Youngstown State uh, season, but you never know who is out there in the, you know, in the, in the, in the world of cyber mm-hmm. space that may actually be a dot-com type thing that would want to uh, be part of. Uh, the program in the future. So anything's possible. I, you know, I'm not suggesting it has to happen or will happen. I'm just saying that there are a lot of revenues out there mm-hmm. and you have to be creative. You have to make contact. You have to sell your program. And the best selling point to any program is winning. Yep. So uh, for the football program to succeed, it has to not just compete in the Missouri Valley Football Conference, and it has to win yep. the Missouri Valley Football Conference. It has to succeed like they did a few years back in the playoffs. Mm-hmm. They have to continue to make the playoffs on a yearly basis, uh, four out of five years, if not five out of six years type scenario, where there you can almost guarantee that people are talking about your program being in the playoffs before every season. Exactly. And th- it takes a long time to get there. Uh, in the last 15-plus years, <coughs> it's been more of the, I would say, um, the odd scenario where one out of five yeah. years you're making the playoffs versus where you're making it four out of five. Yep. And that's where this program has been, you know, since Jim Trussell left the sidelines. And... Like I said, we had a small blimp with Bo. Bo had, you know, what, two or three years in the playoffs? One. one. Just one? Yeah, we've only made the playoffs twice since Trestle left. Okay. Yeah. I was thinking he made it back-to-back years, but I mean, it was Should have made it in 17, but, you know. Right. Yeah. I mean, you, can't, you can't control those no. type of things. Um, it is what it is. Uh, but, yeah. I mean, that's the problem. That's You hit it on the button two times since Trestle left. Yeah. And while when Trestle was here, it was a routine. It was every year. Yeah, just about a few yeah. years that they didn't make it. They were 8-3 and three and, and mm-hmm. probably on the bubble. Yeah. You know, and had opportunities to. 8-3, not get your staff, you on you can, Yeah, and make a, 
you know, you can mm-hmm. make a case that they got left out for whatever oh, reason. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. Yeah. Uh, but that is that is who they are. This is where the program is. Uh, like we mentioned, the basketball program hopefully is on the rise for both the men and the and the ladies. And hopefully we will see the football program return to some of its roots mm-hmm. and be able to generate uh, excitement and fans and playoff run. We'll see. Like mm-hmm. I said, this to me, this is a make or break year for Coach Doug Phillips. It really, I mean, I... I've said it many times, and I'll say it again. I said it last week. I'll say it again this week. If he doesn't succeed this year, he needs to go. Simple as that. There is no, in my mind, no leeway to keep him for a fourth and fifth year. There's just absolutely none. He has to go. This is a make or break year for this program because you have to go out and find the person who's going to be able to win and be able to bring in talent and win four out of five years and six out of seven type years. That's what you need. This is where this program is going forward. And it is up to the coaching staff and the program to figure that out. If it doesn't happen, you know, like I said, just drop kick him into 680 and move on. (laughs) There is. And maybe I'm being biased, but I don't think I am. I think you can support this. To me, there's no reason why this program is not in the playoffs four or five years, five or six, even three or five. There is, you see it weekly. It's not necessarily the talent, Anthony. It is a combination of grooming the talent, keeping the talent, and and winning ball games. But it's also about the about how you build a program, how you build. Success. How mm-hmm. do you build loyalty within? How do you bring excitement to your program? I mean, it's a lot more involved today in 2022 versus it was in 1982. You need somebody that commands the room. Nowadays in college athletics, yes, I agree you need somebody who commands the room. He doesn't even have to speak. When he or she walks into a room, you know exactly who they are, what they do, and why they're here. You've had two coaches in the last 40 years that have done that. Yep. Jim Trussell and Bo Bo Pelini. Yep, exactly. That's it. I mean, let's be honest. You're right. You're 100% right. That's exactly where they're at. We'll see where they go from here. I mean, I'm not anti-Coach Phillips. I'm I'm just a realist. Um, You know, he's had two years. Uh, two difficult years. Uh, this he's is, had some wins along the way. He mm-hmm. has some losses, some some really bad losses. And we'll, like I said, I think he really deserves an opportunity this year to prove him. A full year, a full off season in the weight room and spring practice. Well, that's what he gets everything. this year. This, and this is it. And, but he's had two years to prepare for exactly. this year. So he's exactly. gotten he's gotten the the pass for the last two years. But I'm not going to give the him pass a pass. Is over. Right. I'm the not going to give him over. a pass for year four or nope. five. No way. I you know that's why I'm saying this year is a make or break in my opinion for Coach Phillips and his program. This, and and it's difficult. It is the most difficult thing in the world to pull the plug and start over. Especially now, at a program like this. Well, in any program. But it is difficult because you have to really find that person who can retain the talent you have and be built on it. On it, yeah. And that's the hardest thing to do. I don't care 
what program you're talking about. If it's a volleyball program, if it's a track and field program, if it's a football exactly. or basketball program, when anytime you pull the plug and you're, you're changing administrations or changing coaching staffs, mm-hmm. that's the hardest thing is to retain the talent that you have and B, build on it and be successful as soon as possible. And the ASAP part is very difficult, especially when you're at the level. But I will also say this, as the transfer portal gives the transfer portal gives away, the transfer but you portal. have to take advantage you receive. Of, of what's out there. Exactly. And you're going to have to sell your program to these to these young men and young women, you know, no matter what sport it is, going forward. I'm going to throw a name out there. I don't know if you saw it. He just entered the transfer portal, I believe, late last night, maybe a couple of days ago. You covered him in basketball, Marcus Hooker. Interesting. He yeah. may not. He he oh, could very well uh, send him the voicemail, but if you don't make a phone call, that's criminal. Well, let me tell you this. Yeah, that's that's an athlete that if he can bring back mm-hmm. to the Mahoning Valley, uh, yeah, I know he's from Newcastle. And and I'm not saying that he can't find a Division One school to go to. He's he talented yes. enough. Oh, yes. There's absolutely no question about it. But and, still work the let, phone let, call, let right? me say this. Let me say this. It would be very interesting, and I'm biased here. I'm the first to say yes. I'm biased here. To see Mike Wells as a as a linebacker and Mark, Marcus uh, Hooker a, Hooker as your as your safety for a YSU team, if that could happen. Yeah, uh, and like I said, I'm biased here because I, I you know I have my Newcastle bias. But it's definitely worth look, the phone call, though. Yeah. Oh yeah, it is. I mean, it's definitely worth the you, phone you call. Gotta, if you don't do you it, then what are you the, doing? You gotta work it. You gotta work it. Um, yeah, look, uh, the Hooker's family is phenomenal. Yep. Uh, athletes beyond galore. Obviously, NFL caliber type players. Exactly. Uh, Marcus is a great, great, great talent. athlete. Mm-hmm. Uh, his talent is there, and if Youngstown's in play. Then yeah, you have to go for it. Oh, you got to make the phone call. You know, what's like, the worst you can do? It's kind of like what John just voicemail. said. Yeah. Well, what did John say? What's the worst thing you can say, say is no. no. Exactly. Okay, and you move on. Exactly. But, you, but if you can and, recruit a player of that caliber, yeah, you want to do it. And it's not like the safety position is this dying position where we have a big hole. Anytime you can upgrade talent, talent exactly. you upgrade talent. Anytime I don't care. you have a chance to bring a division football player, you bring him in. If it was a kicker and he was a guy who could kick 90% of his field goals bring at an extra in. point, you're going to bring, bring him, him in. in. Anything it's, to increase uh, you competition. Know, if, you're, if it's a punter who's going to average 45 yards a punt, you bring him in. Tim, right now I want a punter to average 35 yards a punt, let alone 45. Uh, yeah, I'm just so, saying. Yeah. And my point is, you're anytime right. you you're get right. an athlete who could produce on a, on a level mm-hmm. of a, a high caliber, you got to do it. That's what it's all about. It's not about anything else. And, you know, we could get into all the other issues of of college football and college basketball and NIL and all of this. The truth of the matter is it still comes down to two basic things. A, recruiting talent, mm-hmm. and B, 
putting that talent in position, position to, to succeed. Yep, exactly. And that is all on the coaching staffs, no matter what what sport we're talking about. If yep. it's basketball, if it's football, if it's baseball, no matter what sport we have. Yes, each sport has its uniqueness. Like, for example, to sell the baseball program in Northeast Ohio is very difficult. Extremely difficult. Can it be done? Yes. It has been done. And they've been successful in the past. And they've had success recently. So, yes, it can be done. Is it optimal? No. There's no such thing as optimal. Uh, unless you happen to be in Columbus, you know, in the star of, exactly. of of the Buckeyes. I mean, if you're the head coach of the, of the Buckeyes, then, yeah, you have the world at your fingertips. Uh if you're in Alabama, you have the world at your fingertip. If you're at USC, you should have the world you at should, your fingertip. You should, absolutely. You know, yeah. and, and that's what I'm saying. There's certain er- – Notre Dame at one time should mm-hmm. have. Absolutely. Uh, they still can Miami be. Miami Florida. Yeah. Yeah. There's many places you can talk about that have the ability to be very successful. The question is, can you put the right people in the right positions at the right time exactly. to be successful? Uh, I think Jim Trestle proved that. I mean, he was the right person for Youngstown State back in the early '80s, and he took him to you know the highest level. Yep. When he left her to Young, went down to Ohio State, took over a program, and built it in his image. And they went to three championships. They won one of them. He had a great run in his time. Mm-hmm. And same with Myers. Myers. You know, you look at his three championships, two in Florida, one in Ohio State. Did he take Ohio State to the next level after he took over? He certainly yep. did. But that's part of the challenge. Always building upon this, yes. Yeah, because the foundation's always there. Exactly. So you have to be able to meet that next level. I don't care who you are. I mean, you look at Jim Trestle. He came in. I mean, he had nothing to do with Bill Narduzzi. No. But Bill Narduzzi actually had a very successful run here at Youngstown. All right. He mm-hmm. had a very successful run in his five years here. He took the, the program to the playoffs in Division Two, you know, when they were really just striving. And then he took them to a, to an NCAA championship game. Yeah, they lost to Delaware. Oh, well, you know, he came back. They moved up to Division One. That's when the university chose to make a change. Yep. You know, they gave him a couple of years. It didn't work. And then, you know, we... So, ended it ended up with Jim Trestle and and the Jim Trestle era at Youngstown for 15 years was here and we've seen the success level since he left it has been very sporadic and now here we are in 2022 so this is just the reality of where every program lies and what what goes on we can talk about the ups and downs mm-hmm. and, and you being a Notre Dame fan you know darn well of the low points yeah. of the last 30 years. I mean, it took a long time for that program to become, again, a yeah. top 10 consistent program. Yeah, and it doesn't happen overnight. So, yeah, it takes time. It takes the right person to build it. We'll see what what the new coach at Notre Dame can do now. What do you think is the biggest problem facing Youngstown State. Is it a for, culture problem? Is for it a, a long time, problem? I think for a long time, and, and I still think the shadow of Jim Trestle is huge. And now that he's, he's the, the president, president yep. of the university, it, it's back. Do you think now, that? Uh, I do believe 
that you t- you need a personality like you said they could command a room. Uh, Bo Pelini was one of them. Uh, like them, hate Eric them, love Wolford them. could command a room too. Well, yeah, and that's fine. And, and the thing is, when you get down to it, you have to assemble a staff. Yes, that can be successful at what yep. they do. So, you know, did Bo Pelini inherit an offense? Yes, he did. Mm-hmm. But he also was smart enough not to d- dismiss it. Exactly. You know, and kept it in sight. When, when Shane Montgomery left, That's, has the yeah. offense since then struggled? The oh, answer God, is yes. 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 And, yeah. and what happened when Jim Trestle left? The same thing. The offense struggled. Mm-hmm. And this is what happens in football. Uh, you have whatever you may on either side of the ball, whatever you happen to be achieving at. When you have a major person leave, can you find the next successor who will take it to that next, at least keep it at the same level you're at, if not take it to the next level, earn it, or be able to change with the times that have? Because football in 1982 and 85 and 88 is totally different than it was in 98 and 2008 and 2018 and 2022. So that's the way I see it. It is... Is a challenge. I think the challenges today are totally different than they were ten years ago. Oh, and I think they're they're absolutely different than they were twenty years ago. They're different than but what they used in two thousand eighteen. Right, yeah. and it's just this is no matter who you are, you have to face the challenges that you have in front of you, uh, and you either rise up or you're going to fail. And you know, you and I are in the exact same boat. No matter what we do in life, mm-hmm. it's up to us. Exactly. To rise up to the challenges that we're facing. Sometimes the challenge comes naturally and mm-hmm. in succession. Sometimes it comes unexpected, but you have to take it. Yep. And it's not easy, and it's hard work, and it's never, ever given to you. So uh, we'll see. Like I said, did Doug Phillips come in in a perfect scenario? Probably not. No. But I don't think he helped himself neither. No, he so, did not. Uh, I think he actually the, took the program down and now is trying to rebuild. The problem is in 2022, you don't have that big of a leash. leash no. In any sport. And maybe Youngstown's unique Probably in, a little bit on this long. level that it doesn't necessarily have the funds to, to buy out. Right. The buyout coaches. So they let their contract expires and not renew them and move on. Um We'll see how this all works out. But if I'm grading Doug Phillips over the first two years. D. Yeah, I think D's fair. D. Yeah, I think a D is very fair. Because. And, and I think, I and, I and it's not D plus, C minus. No, it's I don't a do D. C, No, it's D. I'm just saying, yeah. No, it's I think a D, D is very D's. fair. Yeah. And now, he has 20, 22 to prove himself. His first year was an F. I don't care oh, about yes, the COVID. it was an absolute 100% and, F. You know, he failed. That COVID. was that was the worst football I've ever watched in my life. I've seen a lot of football in my lifetime. There was no worse football I've ever experienced than Youngstown State in 2020 or 2021. The Doug Phillips first year, the COVID and all of this, yeah, that it, excuse it, is gone. The shortened off season, you know, a lot of games compacted into one year. That excuse is gone. The Bo Pliny lack of talent or, you know, Talent disparity here or there, that's gone. It's your guys, your assistants, your program, 
year three. I think D's fair. I think, like we mentioned, his first year was an F. Um, his second year, I thought, while it was a roller coaster. I don't necessarily like the whole moral victories, but you talked about growing the program, taking the next step. We were in a lot of games that we should have won if we won those games were in the playoffs. But at the end of the day, we lost the football games. That's and, exactly it. And like you mentioned, anybody's in life is judged by, did you get the job done, yes or no? Um, as great as we felt after the Incarnate Word game last year, um, Michigan State, yeah, that was like a throughout the window. We know how good Michigan State was last you year. You can't so I don't compare Youngstown to Big Ten schools. So, I don't care. Like I call it, the miracle in Pittsburgh. Yeah, you're, those things are going to happen. Yeah, you're not going to get those. Okay. That was, the, that was a perfect scenario. That's exactly. But here's exactly. the thing. I don't even count those games. No. Those games are not – they're on the schedule, and you play, and you compete. Get out healthy all and get that, the money. But they're not part of your real schedule. No. No, your real schedule is against the competition that you face on a weekend and weekend battle on your level. Yes, and the so you're feeling good about incarnate word. You got the paycheck against Michigan State. Nobody got seriously hurt. You come back home against Western Illinois, a team that was awful. Let's be honest, they're awful. You're up 28 points, and it was the biggest choke job, the biggest. Um, the most conservative collapse that I have ever seen from a football program. And it took away any good feeling that you had. The Missouri State win, yeah, that's good and all. It still doesn't make up for a choke job against Western Well, you know, here's the thing. Every week's a new challenge. Every week you have to raise up to your ability. You're not going to win every week. We know that. And it's never happened. And it probably never will at Youngstown where they go no. completely undefeated. But beat the team However, you're supposed to beat. And well, you're supposed well, to beat West Here's Illinois. the thing. When you have opportunities to, to close out games, you have to do it. Exactly. And, and just your- like in baseball when they talk about the closer coming in and, and not finishing the job, it's a big, it's a big mark on the team mm-hmm. and their success um, in football. If you can't win the fourth quarter, you're going to lose a lot of games. So, and, and I don't care if it's offensively or defensively, meaning if you get the ball back and you're down four points with five minutes to play, everybody in the stands and everybody who's watching the game knows what has to happen. You have to score a touchdown. And if you can't get the ball past your own 20 <laughs> and you're three and out, then there's no one to look then to themselves. And that's the problem. I don't care what level you're looking at. That's what it comes down to. Uh, is when you're given the opportunity to succeed, you do you make the play. Exactly. And, and that's exactly. what it has to come down to. And this program here right now in 2022 is at a crossroads. It needs to prove themselves. And do I have a high bar? Of course I do. I've said it many times. My bar's always been high. I don't think. And I don't, you know, and I, we had this discussion last week, Anthony, when I said, you know, eight wins. If they don't get to Dressel eight and three, that's been a bad season. You said seven. 
And I was like, yeah, okay, you can have your seven. But I'm still saying it really comes down to if you really truly want to prove that you are a team that can compete at the best exactly. levels, you have to win games. I want- And I don't care. I know they have the one game against Michigan. You know, who cares? That's insignificant. Or Kentucky. That's insignificant to me. Seven wins. Seven wins. Seven wins anything. still means you get three losses within your own division. And you can't lose three games in your conference and consider yourself a playoff team. That's not possible. That's not possible. When you look at your conference, you're going to have to go. You can't lose three games and consider yourself a real contender. Well, that's in conference, Anthony. Yeah. If it wasn't in, if if it's you know, God forbid they lose one of the first two games, you know, at home. They better not uh, at home, and then you know, run the table at, at against and the conference. Up, yeah, that would be shocking and thrilling. Yes. Okay, but I don't expect that to happen. But when you get down to the, you have eight games in your conference, you have to. You have to. You have no choice to be able to compete for the highest level in that difficult conference. And I know it's difficult. And I know it's the highest, you know, level. You know, but, but I don't you want have to, hear... to win six games. And then if you win your two non-conference games, there's eight. I'm not asking for a miracle here, Anthony. I I'm don't... just saying for you to compete in that conference at the highest levels, there's no way you can expect a team to lose three games and say you're a compete, you're competing in that conference because you're not. That means that means at least three teams are ahead of you. Because one of those teams and is going to go seven and one, the other one's going to go is going to go six and two, and there might be another team with you at five and three. There's a good chance that, and that five and three team might have beat you. And there's a very good chance that one of those teams is going eight and zero in North Dakota State. That's this my year, point. This year, judging off our schedule. The more that I look at it, the more that we talk, you're eight and three floor might be I disagree with it at first. I said seven. No, let's get to seven. But if you look at the schedule, you don't go to South Dakota State who was right. runners up a couple years ago and went to the you know They do have a favorable schedule. We know no, that. So I agree with you. There is probably no reason. What team on your schedule outside of North Dakota State? Let's count North Dakota State as a lot because you're not going to the Fargo game. We know that. Okay. So that gives you one more game to lose. Right. Six and two. What game on this schedule, and I'll read it to you, is do you look at and say, yeah, we're probably not going to win this game. And if you tell me that, then I'll tell you right now he needs to be fired. So you're not beating North Dakota State. Home versus North Dakota, he had them down double digits last yeah. year out there. You should beat them. Home versus Indiana State. Got to beat them. Got to beat them. You should beat them last year. Crenshaw got hurt. Fine. At Western Illinois, you got to pound them. South Dakota had a good year last year, but they're too streaky. At home, you got to win that game. Hey, any home Let's put it this way. Uh, you have, what, four home games in the conference? Uh, or do you have one, five two, three, four. Okay. Four. They got four in the conference at home. Let's just put it in simple. No matter who's coming to town, you have to win all four. So let's go 
you're not going at North Dakota State, no. So your road games are in conference at Western Illinois. You need to pound those guys. Yes. Or just win. Just win. But I don't care. Just win the at game. At Illinois State, you should win that game. Right. Uh, at Missouri State, you should it's, win that. It's a toss-up. That would be very Let's tough. Be it's a toss-up. That's up. a toss-up, and there's your two. Right there. Okay. Well, here's the thing, Anthony. That's just what I'm talking about. Home games are so very important in sports, especially in football, when you have so limited numbers. Okay, they have six home games this year. Yeah. You know, two non-conference and four in conference. The bottom line is the ones that matter the most. I mean, the non-conference games get you ready, hopefully, for the season and get you, you know, motivated and continue to move forward. And I understand all that thinking. But the bottom line is the season starts against North Dakota. Your conference matters the most. Mm -hmm. Those non-conference games will help pad your stats looking at the playoffs. Yep. But the best way to the playoffs is through your conference. Win your conference, yeah. Okay. So, you, I say this no matter what team you are, what sport you're in, you have to win your home games. You yep. have to make your home court, your home field, whatever you want to call a pitch or whatever you may mm-hmm. be sport you're playing in, you have to be dominant at home. Dominant. If you're dominant at home, that means that you're going to have to be 500 on the road and to prove what you do. This team here has 11 games. If you have eight games at home, you six games mm-hmm. at home, you win all six, you only need two more to get to eight. Yep. Do the math. Two and three. Do the math. Just do the math. You know, it's a simple thing when I say that. And, it, and I know it's harder than just doing the math. But the key is make your home field dominant. I talk about the Browns all the time. What did I tell you about the Browns every year? They have to win home games. Mm-hmm. Not because of the fans. Because you have eight games at home. Last year they had nine because of the extended season of 17 games mm-hmm. now. You have to win your home games. That's where the majority of your wins will come from. No matter what sport you're in. Basketball might be the where Sport that you have about 50-50. Shouldn't but, be, but yeah. But, you you know, yeah, for yeah. the most part, mm-hmm. that's the rare sport that you're going to get almost the same amount of you home games more, as yeah, road, uh-huh. road games. Yeah, okay. You may get a few more. And baseball, too. Yeah. Yeah, but 81-81. Yeah, yeah, at the collegiate level, you usually should be able to tilt your basketball schedule a little, oh, yeah. little towards the home side. Yes, but for should. the most part, your conference schedule is even. You're probably 16, 15, right. 17, right. 14. But, yeah, but, you're not a big... And again, it all depends on the games you get in your non-conference. If you can get some money games, obviously you're going to take them. And if you get pounded in basketball, it's no big deal because you have your conference coming up. And that's what matters. And you want to be prepared. You want to challenge your, your team. I get all that. But here's the bottom line. Win your home games. I don't care what sport you're in. You win your home games. You can be. You can play 500 ball on the road. Yep. Then all of a sudden you're a contender. And when you actually can become a team, that teams are worried about you coming into their place. That's when you become a championship yep. team. And that's the. And that's really. I mean, it's a really simple 
philosophy, but that's the truth of the matter. Win your home games. You win your home games, bottom line is you at least get excitement within your community for that sport. Exactly. No matter what it is. I mean, that was the biggest problem with the YSU basketball program over the years is, unfortunately, the majority of the big games they've had over the last 25 years, they lost them at home. Yep. They won a few. They won a couple. They won a few. I don't want to take it away from them. But that's how do you bring fans back? Not by heartbreaking losses. Win. Win. But but glorious wins. Yep. And that's what it's all about. That's the only way to do it. All you need is one point more than the yep, other team. Exactly. I, I keep telling you, I says the pounding is great. The bottom line is, if they win, it goes in the W column, and that's all I care about. You give it on the left side of the column, I'm happy because that's the W column, and that's the one that matters yep. the most, and that's what it's all about. You know, and you, we can go to Major League Baseball and talk about the Guardians. If the Guardians are going to have a successful season this year. They're going to win home games. They have to. It's, if the New York Yankees are going to be successful this year, they're they have to win yeah. home games. If you're the Anaheim Angels of Los Angeles, you have to win home <laughs> the games. The only team that does not apply to you, really, there's two teams, <laughs> Tampa Bay and Oakland, because they don't really have. But Yeah, well, um, Tampa Bay has home games. Oakland, Oakland has home, yeah. Oakland's Oakland not going nowhere in, this year. In a big mean, Oakland, you can count the wins and see if they can get to sixty-two. <laughs> That's what you want to find out. Can they? Can they prevent a hundred losses? Yeah, this year? Exactly. And, I, and that's just, in my opinion, that's where they're at. Um, but again, easier said than done. Mm-hmm. Foundations have to be built. This is a foundational year. And a yep. transitional year. I mean, I'll be honest, and I can't blame one fan in one part of the country or even in our area who basically says, okay, uh, I love the Penguins, but I'm not going to spend the money to go see them if I they're can't not a competitive team at home. You become a winner at home, people will come out to see you. And that's the bottom line. When Jim Trussell was here, they won the majority of the home games. We could probably go back and go through the entire schedule and find out what his winning percentage oh, at no. home was. But I guarantee it was high. It was uh, probably in the 80s or 90s. Yeah, I, I wouldn't be shocked. Uh, there wasn't many. I mean, that's what made the playoffs so difficult for teams coming into Stanbaugh Stadium. And how many fourth quarter comebacks did oh, we see? Oh, man. And that's what I'm talking about. You make your... Home field, uh, an advantage. Yep. It changes everything. When you when teams can come in and beat you consistently, which has happened in the football program over the last twenty years, that's, and beat you soundly. Well, just beat you. Just come in and beat you. I don't care what team it was. If it was a pivotal game in the conference in the last fifteen years. I would say nine out of time, nine out of ten times times they came in and they lost. The YSU was never held their own own home court. Yeah, the only two I can remember are Northern Iowa in sixteen and South Dakota State in seventeen. Besides that, they've gotten. I mean, it doesn't matter who the coach was, and then I mean that just throughout the years. And that's the difference. You have to win those games. You win those games. You're making fans that want to come back. Yep. Easier said than done, 
Easier said than done. But the math doesn't lie. You know, and the bottom line is you have to win games. And first thing you need to do in any program is make your home field court pitch, whatever you want to call it in life, a dominant win for your program. You win at home. It changes everything because now it makes it really simple. Like I said, they got eight games in the conference. Four away, four at home. You win all four at home. You only have to win two more. They have six and two in the re- in, in your conference. I'm not saying you can't go four and zero at home away. That'd be glorious. That'd be great. That'd be glorious. And that's what you. Every team, every it week, do, every yeah. week, you every time a team takes the court, takes the field, they believe they should win, and that's the only way any coach can approach it. Yep. And you pro, you you play. To win the game. To use the old cliche, you know, that you hear on ESPN and, yeah. and others. But the truth is, that's exactly it. I've never met a coach who told me that they weren't trying to win the game. Now, I, I have talked to coaches who say, we're going up against great talent here tonight. And this talent exceeds what we have. But but we're going to go out there and compete to the best of our ability. Now, that doesn't mean they're conceding the win. They're, it just means they just, know what they're, they're, up they're, they're up They know exactly I what they're up against. say this real quick before I have to go. And that is a great point right there. Um, I talked to a former player. I won't mention his name because I, you know, I talked to him a handful of times. This player made the playoffs a couple of times. He won a couple of playoff games. He said to me verbatim, we knew we were not going to beat Ohio State when we played them. We didn't try to beat them. We just tried to get out healthy, didn't run anything big. We just yeah. ran our basic stuff, and we got out. But that's the only time I heard somebody say, yeah, we didn't. Well, I can't. And that's not his fault. No, 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 no. You know what you're up against. Yes. Okay. I'll give you a perfect, uh, a simple example. This past basketball season for for uh, Newcastle. Newcastle, they ran into a buzzsaw. It had four players going to Division that One. That team was loaded. Just loaded. Did they compete? Absolutely. Yes. Did. did they know what they're up against? Yep. Yeah. There's no question. But that's what it is. Even if your game plan is basic, it doesn't mean it's wrong. No, you're right. It doesn't mean it's wrong. It means that you're trying to give your your team the best success to to, to be successful at that moment. And I get that. Now, when it's basic in the worst way, Mm -hmm. then you're not competing against talent that is available in 2022 and how the game is played. All right. I know we're running out of time, Anthony. This has been our YSU-centric podcast. We'll be back next week with more. 
we want to thank John Vargo once again for coming on. We'll give you all that information in the notes so you will be able to find out how to contact John and the university if you're out there as a group or an individual who wants to get uh, mm-hmm. tickets for the upcoming seasons uh, of YSU Athletics. So uh, I want to thank John Vargo and everybody at Youngstown State for their help. And uh, we can't wait to talk more YSU football, basketball, and, and baseball and other sports as we continue here on Radio MVP. Last thoughts, Anthony? No, just uh, counting down the days till uh, the season opener against Duquesne. It's game one of what you need to win. Simple as that. All right. For Anthony, I am Tim. My thanks again to John Vargo. This has been Radio MVP. Remember to tell your family, friends, and enemies about Radio MVP. Have a great day, everyone.